Hello there. This is the Star Wars Friends Show. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. Hey, what's happening, Star Wars friends? This is your host, Justin Oldham. You are listening to the Star Wars Friends podcast. Welcome, 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 everybody. Happy Friday. Hope you had a great week. We're into college basketball now. Exciting times, full weekend full of basketball. But we're here to talk a little bit about Star Wars today. Joining me today, as always, are my Star Wars friends. This is Josh and Kyle. Thank you so much for putting Thrawn in the intro. It gets me so hyped. And I just want to remind everyone, I'm pretty sure, didn't Ohio State lose today already in the first round? Yes. Oh, that was sports. brutal. Was brutal. Yeah. Sports. It's the only local, sports thing yeah. I care about. Local sports talk team. <laughs> it was brutal. Uh, this is Kyle and Josh. I put that in there just for you, man. I'm glad you like it. Thanks, babe. And <laughs> I read, I, I feel so loved. I read a lot about Alphabet Squadron this week. So I've got a lot to say. Good. You're like our go-to man now of Alphabet Squadron facts. Uh, this just because it's recent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, this is Maggie, and I am so sorry for anyone who saw my dad jokes today on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not oh, sorry. Man. I'll do more of them. She's got her white New Balance on right now. <laughs> Firing up the grill. <laughs> Jean shorts. Mow the lawn. <laughs> nice. Well, hope everybody's having a great weekend or kicked off a great weekend with the basketball tournament going on. Um, hopefully you guys have good plans this weekend. Hopefully the weather's nice. Uh, that would be good. Uh, every, hopefully everybody's staying safe, keeping healthy out there, staying away from the COVID, get your vaccinations. Good news today, age 40 and up, up in Ohio, you can go get your yep. vaccination. I'm getting mine Woo! tomorrow. My first. Uh, trying to get scheduled here it's is a nightmare because... We have more people than vaccines. Oh, so I'd say, Justin, that only puts you on the board, not Kyle. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Know. Old joke. So <laughs> it, it's great, though. But uh, it, that's good news. It's positive. Uh, we have a lot of news this week in uh, Star Wars. We're going to kind of continue to talk about something that we bring up on this show every week. And that is. Mm. Hit it. Mm. It's happening. Mm. Mm. Heck yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about Star Wars Celebration. We are at, what, 73 weeks? 73 weeks and counting. 73 weeks? That's pretty solid. That's not not terrible. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Less than a year Uh, and a half away, guys. We're inside 18 months. It's like you can smell it. It's starting to starting to come to fruition. You can see it at the end of a very, very, very long tunnel. Did, did anybody else get the email from Read Pop today about uh, helping them in future cons? No, no. no. Oh, okay, they sent VIP. out a survey. Oh, yeah, and check your email. emails. Yep, check your emails, people. They sent out a survey. Uh, how would how can they enhance their uh, con experience in the future in twenty twenty one and in forward? By having more time. Oh, <laughs> lots of suggestions right <laughs> off the bat. And we didn't even dive into that, but they, they put out a survey. I didn't go in and look at it yet. I just kind of read through the I email. Didn't I didn't it. actually click didn't on the link. It. Yeah. I have oh. like several emails from them and none of them are about that. No, I just have their virtual <laughs> fan events. Boo. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, oh, Justin, I must be special. please speak for all of us. <laughs> I will I will give them a lot of suggestions because I had a lot of stuff more after that last seating. one. So yes, more seating. Uh, cheaper food. You know yes, by far cheaper food. Uh, you know, we could streamline, I think, the autograph and uh photo op stuff a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the exclusives overall by the individual vendors are done pretty good, but yeah, yes, there's, they've got some logistics they can work on. That's for sure. Merch prices down, down, please. <laughs> I don't want to pay $70 for a t-shirt. That's asinine. Uh, anyway, but yes, that email came out. So if you got it, check your emails. Uh, we did get a lot of other uh, new Star Wars stuff today. Disney Plus dropped a whole bunch, a whole bunch of a news on us this week. It's the mother load of Star Wars uh, things that we have been wanting for quite some time. We're getting mm. the Ewok movies, right? Yep, nubs. I know. Okay. <laughs> we're getting the Ewok movies. We're getting some animated series. Uh, we're getting the animated portion of the holiday special, I believe. Still yes. not letting that whole um, guy out. Uh, what else are we getting? Is what else? I know I'm missing something. We're getting Clone Wars. I forgot yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, yes. we're getting Gendy, the 2003 Gendy, Gendy so Tartakovsky Clo- Clone Wars finally, uh, which is awesome. If can you guys I, haven't seen it, go check it out. It's amazing. Can go I make a confession? Yes, you haven't seen it, have you? I watched the first episode, and that's it. <laughs> I've never, I've never <laughs> watched it. Yeah, uh, as much as I, I so love the Clone Wars, that's. Not the one I'm talking about. I've never really watched it. Maybe I will now. No, maybe not. But I maybe you're breaking my heart. Yeah, it's definitely a different animation style. Yeah, it's definitely different than what you're used to seeing in Rebels and Clone Wars. It's um, felt like there's way too much Trash Master Mace in it for me. (laughs) So like, I don't know. Just off putting. Who wants to see Mace? He's in it a lot. You get. But I mean, we and I, I have this on my notes here for a little bit later. But you get to see Dirge, and Dirge is pretty cool. Dirge is and pretty Dirge cool. is back. Dirge, is, Dirge back. is back, baby. He is back, coming back into canon. Uh, he <laughs> moving into the next thing. So Dirge, if you guys don't know who Dirge is, go watch the 2003 Star Wars one. Dirge, a uh, little history for you, is an ancient alien. Uh, he was alive like 2,000 years before the Clone Wars even started. Um, he can regenerate body tissue. So like he was kind of like the Drengear, where if you cut their limbs off, they just kind of grow right back. He He's was Wolverine. Uh, yeah, he, He's got a healing he factor. could. Um, he has a little bit of a healing factor. Um, he is going to be in an upcoming uh, Dr. Afra number 11 titled The Invitation. Uh, what I've got as far as an excerpt for that go- says uh, Afra and Staros discover an eerie abandoned ship while on a new mission from Domina Tag. While on board, they will come face to face with a nightmarish horror not seen in the galaxy for until eons. Uh, Makes me he's think also I'm- going to. Makes me think of Master Skier growing his little baby arm back now in the comics. All these people with their regenerative abilities in the Star Wars universe these days. I know. I know. It's a good good power to have. Yeah, I'll take Uh, it. He's also going to be in um, War of the Bounty Hunters coming up. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, That supposedly takes place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I think we touched on that a little bit uh, in one of the previous episodes where... Uh, Boba Fett loses Han, right? He he loses him in the transport from uh, 
from him over to uh from vader to java so he fell out um, of the back of slave one somebody left the yeah, cargo bay yeah. open hate it yeah no, you hate to see it. don't don't i i haven't brushed up on my dirge uh you know timeline but i'm pretty sure dirge is a mandalorian hunter like not like he hunts Mandalorians. Okay, that was going to be my mm-hmm. question. Is yep. he a Mandalorian that hunts or someone that hunts Mandalorians? Is, I know, think Mandalorian he might have also been a Mandalorian at some point, but is now hunting Mandalorians. Or it's he, a little you know, convoluted, and, guys. Yeah. It's a busy story. It's a hat on a hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it brings up a, a good point, though, because if they're bringing him out in the Afro comic and then potentially in the... Uh, War of the Bounty Hunters comic, is there a potential there that we see Dirge in the Book of Boba Fett coming up in the fall? That'd be some cross-pollination. A live-action Dirge. That'd be awesome. I could get get behind that. He is very large and imposing. So quickly. (laughs) He's coming up in the Star Wars world. There you go. He's he's hot right now. That effort comic's good, so that's already like <laughs> You're already onto something. Yeah. That dirge. He's so hot right now. So hot. <laughs> uh, we had a new release uh for Bo Katan uh in the Galaxy of Heroes Hero Galaxy of Heroes mobile game. For those of you that play, there is a uh event going on right now where you can play to get Bo Katan. Um, and graphics on it are pretty cool. Uh the face and a lot of people I think were upset like Hey, her face doesn't look right in the game, and I'm like, it's also like a really tiny yeah, little the size of your pinky nail, like game. Like I wouldn't expect it to look exactly right. So, you know, uh, I think some people compared it to uh, what's the? Uh, you remember the toy? What's the toy soldier? The and the little soldiers that come to life, um, and they fight the creatures. Ah, I can't think of that movie. Um, Dang it! No idea. What it's a you're nine, total nineties movie, and it's escaping me at the moment. But um, isn't it just like toy soldiers f- or something like that? Something like that. But they were fighting the the gung not the gungans, oh, the, <laughs> the something or others. I don't remember. But all I'm thinking anyway, is tremors, and that's definitely not what you're talking about. No, no, no. no. those are grab yeah, it was, with uh, Kevin Bacon. That's it's going to escape me, and it's going to hit me like after we're done, and then I'm going to be like, oh, that's it. Oh no, you know, in like 20 minutes, gonna I'm going to be like, oh, Justin, I I googled it. Let's go back to something <laughs> irrelevant, and I'll you know what it is. Speaking yeah. of Tremors, did you guys know Tremors is a sequel to Footloose? That's nah. why that's why they outlawed dancing in the first place. <laughs> you know, Kevin Bacon came in, everybody started dancing around. Uh, Boom, small soldiers. Come the graboids. That's small, it, small soldiers. soldiers. That's yeah. it. Somebody compared her face sculpt to the what's the alien creature guy in that he uh he's got like he's brown. Scrolling, he's got like scrolling. these weird uh tendrils out of the side of his Justin, head maybe. The next time you come at us with a reference, I know, I'm gonna need you to have one or two more details. It. To back it up. <laughs> Josh knew. Josh knew. He got it. Google knew and Josh okay. has two monitors. <laughs> right, right. Uh we did get a couple more things released from Gentle Giant. The Gorgonite as well. You're the, Gorgonites, about the Gorgonites. Thank you. Everybody knows. Okay, I'm yes. done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we got some new busts from Gentle Giant this week. We got a mini bust of Emperor Palpatine from the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. We got a, a a rebels mall which looks really really good so good 
I did not get the prices on these, but the Rebels Mall looks really, really good. And then there is a Boba Fett ROTJ uh, statue that looks really, really good. I did not get the prices on them, but that Rebels Mall out of the three looked spot on, I thought, compared to Rebels. Did you say these were Gentle Giant? Yes. If you go to Gentle Giant's website, uh, I believe Diamond Select Toys as well. They're kind of uh, synonymous with each other, I guess. But um, yes, Rebels Mall, Emperor Palpatine from The Rise of Skywalker. I assumed it was from The Rise of Skywalker because he had the little red... uh, the little red thing under his cloak, uh, but his fingers were not all bony. They were, it was like after he had healed. Yeah. It's after he's taken all the full blown emperor. Yeah. Yeah. He's got that and velvet, then, uh, that velvet cloak. <laughs> Ooh, is that velvet? velvet? <laughs> it was beautiful. You are not allowed to it? quote coming to America. Kyle, get out of here. Kyle. Hey, I've seen it. I know the reference. Which I, I, I don't know about you guys. If you, have you seen the new I one? I have. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. it as well, but I think that, it definitely was most of the movie was like, hey, remember that thing we said in 1988? Yeah, Here's yeah. that joke again. <laughs> yeah. So for me, who completely loves that movie, nostalgic. Was like, yes, but yes. Yeah. I Kyle's like, I don't, I don't get it. I haven't watched the new one. Um, I can't find the Darth Maul on the Gentle Giant site. This is making me mad because I like potentially would get that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to guess it's on the spectrum of anywhere between 50 and 150 for the mini bust. I don't know offhand. I know some of the mini busts are not super expensive. Some of them are a little bit taller and a little bit bigger than others, but I don't, I did not get the price. If I can find it, Kyle, I'll send it over to you. We did get some really cool updates from Hasbro though. This week too, we had an update concerning Hasbro Pulse Fan Fest, which is going to be coming up April 9th. That includes a lot of their properties, not just Star Wars, but they're going to talk about Transformers and a couple other things. But they did have some mention of some new stuff and surprises regarding Star Wars. We also got four new Black Series fan favorite literature six inch figures available for t- pre order today. They were available at one o'clock today on Friday. The what is today? The 18th, 19th, it's the 19th, uh, 19th, 19th. So they, they made them available today. Your characters are Jackson from star Wars adventures. Absolutely uh, freaking terrifying. <laughs> Giant rabbit. I have a gripe with this one. He's from the original comics. Like put the original comic art on there. Don't put this star Wars adventure co- art on there. Like, I'm really happy for like Jackson fans, but like legitimately my worst nightmare. (laughs) She is afraid of giant bunnies with pistols. Uh, There's another, the second one is uh, Carner Jacks from the Crimson Empire, which this is a little bit of an interesting thing that we've got going on here because the, the figure versus the, uh, the name, the, the artwork that they featured is different. It should actually be, uh, Kirkanos, right? Yeah. Which is the he is the one actually in the red armor. Carner Jax is the one in the black, almost shadow, uh, royal guard mm-hmm. armor. And I think with they the updated the description to say that they had made a mistake. Mm. Yeah. So for those of you that are uh, variant collectors, <laughs> if you got in on the pre order and they don't fix it, then you've got a lovely red. Uh, Carner Jacks figure that is not Carner Jacks. Um, yeah, they, they don't even have the rights to. I think, like there's yeah, there's some um, confusion over whether or not they could have even made that figure. And then they've got the fiftieth 
uh, anniversary. Maybe that's why they did that because they can say, here's the name and here's the figure and it's two different things. So I don't know. Um, then they've got, uh, there's Luke Skywalker from heir to the empire. He comes in his like sleeveless, his, his sleeveless t-shirt, uh, with his lightsaber in the Salamiri with him. Still bought it, but disappointed. Yeah. So many better characters you could choose from that, from that comic slash book. And you chose Luke. Mm -hmm. Got enough Luke figures. Give me a Thrawn. That's why I figured that one was easy. Mara Jade or... Or the clone Luke? God, please. I I thought it was the clone Luke. Does it not say Luke with two U's or whatever it is on the thing? No. I might have just completely made that up. (laughs) Kyle's making up his own figures. I'm going to (laughs) draw an extra U on there. I mean, yeah, you can do it. Aftermarket. Yep. Uh, And then the last one that they came out with was the Darth Maul from Star Wars Darth Maul. That one looked really, really good as well. That's the one Uh, I ordered. I thought. I really, I did like the packaging on all four of these. It is really nice. Yeah, it's definitely cool to feature the literature for a change. I was going to say, as much as I'm complaining about the Luke, I still bought it because of the box. Yeah, the box Um, is really good. The only Luke figure I actually have is a. it's a X-Wing archive figure, so I, you know, it's cool with me. Plus, to get the uh, Salamari, whatever, however you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. The Salami, yeah. See, I don't know how to say that, because that was back when I was actually reading the books and not listening to them, so I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, cool new figures, a lot out from Hasbro right now. Uh, definitely a lot going on this week in Star Wars. Uh, they, they it, it was a good news week this weekend. I, is there anything else that I missed? I mean, there I know was there was the, a lot from Disney. The Funko, Plus, but... the Qui Gon Jinn, and um, oh, old yeah. Ben figures. I got the Qui Gon Jinn. Uh, uh-uh. I couldn't resist my Kyle. Did you get the Qui Gon? I'm out of the Funko game. I don't play. Uh, but you know what? The thing <laughs> is, here's the thing about the Funko Pop Uh-oh. Uh-oh. is that the Qui Gon, like, that's actually one I always wanted, and you could never yeah, get, it you get it because. The only one, what, but Maggie, I'm not letting them draw me in. That's exactly what they want. They probably heard I was out of the Kyle, game and made Kyle, this they restocked. Pop. If you looked and saw that it was out of stock, it restocked. No, no, no. I'm saying it used to be for a long time. The only Qui-Gon pop there was, was a convention exclusive that there was like only 500 of. So if you wanted it, you had to pay like two grand. So you just basically mm. couldn't have a Qui-Gon pop. And now they, uh, now you can have one, I guess, but I'm not getting it. I'm out of the pop game. And they're not drawing me back in He's that done. easy. Kyle, I'm not doing it. you know you want you it. I didn't even buy you the go. last Ahsoka pop, so like I'm out of the pop game. Kyle, that's, are you that's well? serious? Done. Out. He's done ski. Done. Over. No more pops. None. Kyle is out of the pop game. I people. even got the Revan and Bast- uh, Bastila last week. I did get that one. That one was kind of cool. I did get that one. What um, pop would get him back in the pop game? I'm trying to think that now too. <laughs> I know. Did you get the Bocaton? So- no. Uh-uh. Oh my god. That's what I'm saying. If Ahsoka doesn't do it, what's gonna I'm do pro- it? Well, I bought. I did buy. I did buy the Obi Wan one from Celebration, but that's different. And like, I won the lottery. So. Yeah, but then didn't you flip it? <laughs> I was trying to leave that off air, but yeah, I sold it. Okay. <laughs> Yes, he did. And frankly, <laughs> it's it's going for way higher now on eBay than it was when I sold it. Even I should have hung on to it a little longer. I believe I guess, it. But no, I believe it. Yeah. Yep. 
Crazy, crazy Josh people. So a lot of news this here. week. <laughs> um, just a quick reminder, people. Uh, we do have uh, our next live stream coming up in April. It's the first, should be the first Friday in April, which I believe is I the, second, the what did we say? The second? It is the day yep. that all of the new content drops on Disney Plus or the old new content. Ooh, so we will have a lot a lot to talk about. There was a whole bunch. Uh, they had uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier came out today. It did. Um, Snyder Cut came out this week. Mm-hmm. I thought there was something else supposed to be coming out this week, too, but I don't remember what it was. Really but. cool new TV show on Apple TV came out called The Calls. Ooh, if you like nice. weird, twisty sci-fi, you're going to love it. There's been, nice. I was like, uh, ske- where this has nothing to do with anything, but I was skeptical <laughs> about Apple Plus. Like, I didn't, but I've... I think I've watched three shows. On, yeah. And did you watch they were, Servant? No, I watched oh, Ted watch Lasso, was, which was, was incredible. I was in the finale of Servant, the first season. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I'll check it out. But I, they're, they're, everything I, I've watched has been phenomenal. There's the morning show. Oh, my God. Oh, it's amazing. So amazing. Good. I voted for that last year in the SAG Awards. I want to get it just to watch Long Way Up. So, but... We'll see eventually. That's the that's the um, Ewan McGregor show. Yeah. Right? Oh, that yeah. actually remind that perfect segue into. I watched. Did anybody watch the documentary on Netflix about the very last blockbuster? No, uh, no but I do want to watch Smith that. One, right? it, it's very it's very good. And um, it James Arnold Taylor is that his name? Mm-hmm. the voice of obi-wan he is one of the they interview a whole bunch of people like all those netflix documentaries but he's one of them and he does a, a, a bit about um obi-wan giving the vader's uh, anakin's lightsaber to luke but he does it as christopher walken from um uh, pulp fiction and he's like your dad gave me this and i had to hide it in the most uncomfortable places and then for three years i hid this thing right up my oh it was great while he's holding he's oh. holding like an actual lightsaber it was really good so it's worth yeah, worth the watch, watch just that. for that no it's the whole thing's good actually but nice nice netflix yeah, we, doing uh, a blockbuster documentary is kind of sacrilegious if you ask me and and yeah. I I'm gonna need to back up back up some research. I don't know if it's propaganda or not, but they go into a whole thing about how like every single person they're interviewing is like, well, yeah, Blockbuster went away because of Netflix, right? Netflix, Netflix, Netflix. But then they explain why it wasn't really <laughs> Netflix's fault, but it's on Netflix. So I don't know if you can really trust it. it. Seems Just throwing like that propaganda. out there. <laughs> I don't know. Watch I, it. I do figure it out for yourself, it. I guys. Think it, I think it does look interesting. It is kind of, um, yeah. I, there, I think there was a bunch of other things that kind of led to the downfall of the blockbuster, that giant recession, and the was part of video, it. Yeah. and all of those things. So, and as te- as you know, we've kind of talked about when we talk about higher public, as technology increases, some of the old things that we used to do kind of goes away. Obviously, not our force powers because we don't have any of those. Yeah. But, hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> uh, I, I have an uncanny force ability to tell when people are at lunch, and, and it makes them it easier call for right me to then. call them to bug them. So, and then they don't answer. <laughs> so. And then they don't answer. <laughs> uh, but yes, that's my that's my awesome force power right there. What's your force power, people? Hit us up. Let oh. us know what your odd force power is. Hit us up on talking. Twitter, Instagram. Facebook, you can email us. Let us know what your odd force power is that you would think is useless, but it actually kind of comes in handy. We're all luminous beings. Yeah, 
Have you guys heard about this Star, Way- Star Wars Life Day Treasury holiday stories from a galaxy far, far away? Yeah, the George one that Ma- Kevin and George are writing? Yeah. I had not heard mm. of this. They're also writing a super secret pilot for something. I'm very intrigued by it. It's the best kind of show. Super secret pilot. I want to know if, if it's Star Wars adjacent or not. Hmm. Two Star Wars writers writing a new TV show seems sus. <laughs> seems sus. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Well, let's um let's move on. Let's get into kind of what we're talking about this week. We the last couple weeks we've we've been focused a lot on uh, a lot of this. We've been and getting I know into why, why, man. Yeah, hey, I got Republic. No new High Republic about this week, High Republic. Yeah, no new High Republic, but we've been talking a lot about High Republic lately, but we're going to shift gears and we're going to move into a book I think that we've, most of us have enjoyed. I, Kyle was catching up this week, but we're going to talk about Alphabet Squadron, which the first two books of Alphabet Squadron, which we didn't cover in our podcast, we're on to the third book now, were really, really good, really well written. Um, really gets you on kind of the edge of your seat through most of the book. And the second book left us with this huge cliffhanger, huge, cliffhanger. which was awesome. Huge cliffhanger. Uh, and, and we're into the book, the third book here, which is uh, Victory's Price, uh, written by Alexander Freed. Uh, the third edition is is read by January Lavoie. And, and Josh, I know you're you're listening to the audio ones as I am. The this is the third reader for these books the third reader the first two the first book was saskia marleveld i I apologize if i completely butchered that name um very cool name and the second one was carol monda who did the reading so we've had three different readers for the books which i thought was interesting but the the first person is the voice i was thinking of when i first started listening to this book because she had a very raspy voice and it made erica quell sound very very cool like it it, just the the drawings that we've had with the voice and i kind of put them together i was like that's a really cool character right there but now that we're on to like the third person i'm like all right it's it's completely gone totally different voice for this person so we're now it's just my own voice in my head go ahead maggie i'm really curious to know how that cliffhanger held up for Kyle, because I read this book a year ago, the the middle one I read a year ago. So coming into this one, the the cliffhanger wasn't as like cliffhangery feeling for me. So how was that coming from two to three? Um, that there's just so much going on in these books so because there's so it, it's truly an ensemble cast. And today <laughs> when we were uh when i was getting ready for this and thinking about the book and i was like we trying to establish who i i really liked and i i could narrow it down to like four or five characters that are like i'm really into so like to say like the big i think there was kind of a bunch of cliffhangers really but um I literally put down the one book and picked up the other one and started reading. So I would hardly even really call it a cliffhanger. It was just like, it flowed nicely. It was just the story. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I had to, because they didn't a hundred percent establish what Erica was thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, when she went back, like, is she just going back to the empire? Is she just, 
Um, is she going to play spy and try to, uh, infiltrate the suppliers, you know? Um, but they kind of left that hanging the whole first chapter of this third book, victory's price. Um, and didn't really say, and then right at the end, she mentioned what her ultimate goal, which is, uh, sabotage, um, of the 204th, right? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yep. Two oh two oh fourth. Um, so it, I think it was, it worked really good. It flowed right into it. And I think it kind of built on still not being really sure what she was doing and what was going to happen. And then also closed it like right at the end of that first chapter to, to get moving. Right. With the net. But that whole part with the sit, I'm like monopolizing the whole show right now, but no, the whole it. part in the end of the second book where she was on that planet that was getting sucked into planetoid. I think they called it mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. getting sucked yep. into the black hole with the blood red sand and this kind of Sith temple that she had to find a way to get it. Oh man, that was really, really cool to me. I really liked mm-hmm. um, that. I guess storyline you would say, because at that time, all of the characters had been split up and were on all these separate journeys. Um, and her up there trying to escape that that planet before it got destroyed and her companions dying in the process um that was a it was really mm-hmm. interesting because they hadn't done weird force stuff which i'm i'm into in general in these books because there are very like grounded you know as much as star wars is grounded but these are regular people flying regular spacecraft but this was a weird force like emotional kind of outside the box Mm -hmm. thing um and i i hope they they um kind of explain what that was or why it was there what they said how the emperor wanted it destroyed and I don't know that that'll actually fit into the story, but I'm like so curious about he just had these little outposts all over the galaxy or something like that's so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a uh, it's definitely a cool continuation. Like we got the cliffhanger because we you know we read the second book and then we had to wait months for the third one. But you're kind of pulling it in all at the same time. Yeah, I literally read so them all just this flows. week. <laughs> Yeah. So it kind of just flows from one right into the next, which is kind of nice. And I, I, let's go back to Erica Quell for a minute. Obviously the, the one of the main, probably the main title character of these three books, even though there's a cast of other characters, Mm -hmm. Will Lark, Naf Tenzant, um, uh, Chas, Kairos, uh, Chas Nachatic, you know, there's a whole cast of other Soren keys. There's a whole cast of other cat characters here. There's a good bit of Harrison Dula actually, which, which is, uh, so much. Yes, this is really good uh, Harris and Dula in these books. Really more so the second one into the third right. is when we started getting heavy into Hera stuff. We didn't get her a lot in the first one, but it, it's really good Hera. But the Erica Quell stuff, to your point, yes, she she had defected from the Empire, was a prisoner mm-hmm. with the Rebels. Uh, they questioned her for information. She helped them kind of identify some people with Operation Cinder, kind of talked about the Empire's plans. They started to basically bring her into the fold of the rebellion and say, look, we need your help. Can you give us insider information? And then she kind of found herself 
liking the people that she ended up training as pilots because none of them were as good as she was as a pilot. So she ended up training, you know, working with Will Lark and Naf and running missions with them and trying to get them to work together as a unit with these different ships, right? And at the end of the second book, when they get attacked by the 204th and basically get decimated, she's left, Kyle, to your point, on that planetoid. She thought she was left for dead, essentially, Mm -hmm. and then finally gets picked up. She gets off. She gets picked up by the Empire and then basically defects double agentness over back to the empire she intentionally went to the empire she she got Mm -hmm. that ship and cloaked it and attached to the underside of the i like um some kind of hauler that they're in it's like a converted mining freighter Freighter or something something. yeah yeah um but yeah the yadis yes (laughs) yes but her whole um defection is also kind of loaded because when they ordered operation cinder, which is when the emperor said, we're just going to completely destroy these planets and everybody on them, billions and billions and trillions of life forms, whatever. Um, she didn't leave. She did it. And then her commanding officer who turns up later in the end of the second book, again, he forced her to leave. Cause he said, I know this is, like eating you up inside and you don't want to do this, but you're too loyal and you'll never leave. So she, she Mm -hmm. did commit those acts. You know, she was part of operation cinder and then she left, Mm -hmm. but she held onto that lie and her, her uh, squadron and her companions and uh, the whole rebel Alliance. Now the new Republic didn't know that she told them that when that order was placed she tried to stop it because she Mm -hmm. was against it and and left um and then at the end of that second book they found out about that lie that she actually was part of operation cinder and destroying this planet and you know she didn't really choose to leave on the terms that she had originally stated and then that's part of why she uh had to leave too because they we're not going to accept her back and where we are in the book. Now, after we read the first third, they still very much hate her. And she has just revealed herself to them, um, in a dog fight. Cause she had, was spending time avoiding getting into a tie fighter and going out on missions. Mm-hmm. And she was staying on the, their makeshift command ship freighter. Um, and when she finally was forced to go out, she got on comms, and, and announced herself to Alphabet Squadron, the rest of them, her other mm-hmm. four squad mates. And, um, and now they know not only is she alive, because most of them had kind of assumed she was dead, um, but she's back with the 204th, and she's flying, and she's against them. Um, and that's kind of where we're at right now, I think. Yeah, but, you recap yeah. the first yeah. chapter, like our first section of the book. So <laughs> it, was a, it was really good. Yeah. That's the show, folks. We'll <laughs> all right. <laughs> Same time Let's next wrap week. It up. <laughs> I'm really no, that was really good. I'm really excited for everyone to get to that third act because I think the third act of this book offers some like tremendously like strong content. I'm like Chef's so ready. Kiss. I it's so good and um. <laughs> Not to like jump ahead, so I'm not jumping ahead. I just want to say that like outright. But I love Erica Quell. Like I love this character. 
Um, I got into like Alphabet Squadron kind of backwards. It was like my first book that I got to review last year. So like I read it and then I, then I read the first book cause I couldn't get my hands on the first book. So like I read out of order, but I love this character cause she's so, so nuanced and like conflicted. And she's like these two different like sides of the war. And it's so, it's so interesting how this character has been constructed and it's kind of like allowed to be mm-hmm. deeply flawed. And it's kind of, it reminds me of like Aiden and the, the video games having like experience on both sides of the line. And I think it's, it gives me a lot of hope that like, we're going to get more of these like nuanced characters that are playing with both sides. Mm-hmm. Cause it, it creates really good tension. And it creates really good storytelling and it's very compelling. And like the interactions with the other characters, particularly with like Chas, I just very much am very into. And yeah, Erica's interesting too, because she has been on both sides and now she's been over and back. So she's been mm-hmm. on one of those sides twice, but she is never really where she wants to be either. No. So like when she joined the Imperial Academy, it was a means to an end. They were going to teach her to fly um, so she could join the rebellion. So she never really wanted to be there in the first place. Um, and then she was too loyal to leave until she was forced out. But then when she mm-hmm. was with the rebellion share, the new Republic, she always felt like an outsider and was always talking about her time with the 204th and how much more organized they were and how different things were and how she knew those people better. And she never really bonded with her new squad. And then eventually she got kicked out of that too. And now she's back with the empire working against them from inside. Doesn't want to be there either knows she's not going to be accepted by the other side. So there's like, um, uh, she's kind of between a rock and a hard place. There's no, Delicious she tension. does not have a great home. Mm-hmm. She's, she's an outsider yeah. everywhere or unhappy everywhere. And I think that, is that the first time we've seen a character that's been in that specific situation where they, they're really not accepted anywhere? Maybe I, I it's hard. to it's me, hard. Maul. Yeah, like Maul. I was the first. Is, person. He was never accepted by anybody. He always tried to like Except. find a place where he He's fit in. He's accepted by and- me. <laughs> But nobody wanted Maul, and so to me, I think he's kind of not the exact same. No, book, but, but I think it, he it, probably it makes had similar feelings. Really unique characters. Hmm. Hmm. Anakin, maybe he didn't fit in anywhere. Yeah, he especially places with sand. That on I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was his own fault. Um, yeah, there. You know, talking about Erica's development, and and that's the thing is she's she's working from. You find that out at the end of the first section. Is that really? it had been a setup and she's trying to break or just like get in somewhere to make a move to destroy the 204th from inside. Mm-hmm. Nobody else knows this at, at this point. And Maggie, you brought up a good, you, I think you mentioned Chas in there. Chas was pissed when so pissed. she heard Erica on the radio, basically telling them to surrender or back down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was pissed. And then, you know, they get, they reassemble Hera calls him back in 204th jumps to light speed. They escape and they've been tracking him to this point. They're following kind of a trail of destroyed planets. Er- Erica left him a trail. She, mm-hmm. during yeah. a firefight, yeah. she broke into like a subsystem into like a maintenance pipe or catwalk or something and implanted a, a makeshift, um, 
com com unit com device something like that that she had collected from pieces and it was sending out signals mm-hmm. so um Harris Sandula's flagship I, I can't remember the name of it but I think they're actually flying a the star destroyer the deliverance mm-hmm. um was mm-hmm. getting those signals and able to trace it but they don't know who was sending them or why so uh they don't realize that they've got a man a woman on the inside on the inside um mm-hmm. Not that they would trust her if they did know either is the thing. Right. And I feel so bad for Chas because like, not only is she dealing with like the betrayal of like a team member and like somebody she considered a friend, but like is romantically involved with, which, so it's like an even Mm -hmm. bigger stab in the back. Yeah. Well, and she was, she was pissed. So like when they're in that battle at the, and this is the end of the first section is they're in this battle and Hera is trying to put an end to this and destroy the 204th. And you get a B-Wing and a U-Wing. I think it was the B-Wing and the U-Wing. Chas and... That's right. Was it, Kairos. Who was the other one? Kairos. Kairos. Yeah, Kairos. Veer off and go chase after... Uh, they go chase after Erica because mm-hmm. she basically bolts into and light separates. Or into and hyperspace. Yeah. 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 And goes into hyperspace. And these two leave the fray and just go and Hera's like dude what the heck like we're trying to put an end to the 204th you just abandoned us so she's trying to keep them all kind of reined in and under control so that she can accomplish the mission but yet they're so tied up in their personal vendetta against Erica that they couldn't see the bigger picture going on over here so uh, but that's where we leave at the end of that first Mm -hmm. section but there's so much that happens in between there there's that made me think of two things I want to comment on one, this, this whole alphabet squad, they are, um, some kind of tortured and broken individuals all, all yes. around. Um, yes. they, that's the, the thing they actually share in common is that they're all completely heartbroken, uh, about semi different, but also kind of the same thing. Um, but they don't, they don't really put that out there for each other. They're also kind of guarded because they've been hurt. Um, so they can't really be there for each other in the capacity that they could or should, um, for their own benefit all the time. You know, that you get these touching moments here and there. Um, but they're still not fully engaged with each other. Um, and it's, it's really interesting and there's tension all the time. And I can't decide who I want to know more about because you don't get, because there are all of them and they do have these tortured backstories. You don't ever get a full picture of any of them. You get parts of all of them and it just leads to so many more questions. And Kairos, since you brought her up, I have like, I've literally never ever looked something up online before I got to it in the movie or the show or the book or whatever ahead of time. But I was just like, so freaking curious about what this person is and what is going on with them that I Googled it and still got no answers. So like I'm a a little, a little bit more came out in the first third of this book. I'm hoping I get some more in like the back two thirds, but Apparently she's like a, a butterfly person who got, who got cut Uh, open in a third of the way or part of the way through her metamorphosis. And now she's like a weird in between, like tortured (laughs) 
being i don't know it's crazy yeah. i have no and but it's also like a killer who carries a bowcaster which i who carries mm-hmm. a bowcaster other than a wookie she's obviously not a wookie what is what is happening i don't get it there's so almost much as good as geode almost, almost as good almost. as geode. not as not nearly <laughs> as nuanced but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Josh, what uh, when you've been going through the book and you finished it at this point as yep, well. This morning. So focusing on just that first section, what are you finding some of the more interesting points, I guess, in the book now versus maybe where we started with Alphabet Squadron in the beginning? Um, well, I don't remember the first book well enough uh, to, to comment on that. Um, I mean, it's... There, there's this whole group has been through so much that, um, you know, you have all these people, especially like Chas and, and, uh, Nav Tenzin, like wearing everything on their sleeve. Um, there, and there's just, uh, everyone is so pissed at Erica, except, uh, Kairos. No, not except, uh, oh. Will. Cause Will's like Will. the ultimate mm-hmm. boy scout. Oh, he sure is. Isn't he? Oh, shucks. <laughs> uh, yeah but i think the thing that the thing for me uh that really struck me reading this book especially like right at the beginning was you know we've spent the lat we've spent all of 2021 like exploring this new time period with the high republic with all of these characters that we've never heard of except for yoda and yoda is just like this little piece for the most part he just kind of gets mentioned he's in the one comic but you know um it felt really nice to be back in this time period that i'm familiar yeah, right with yeah and um and then also like obviously these are all relatively new characters except for hera but because we've been through so much with them in the first two books and the first two books are so well written that they feel like marquee characters that we you know, we already love these characters. Like they've been around for yeah. 40 years, like a bunch of the other ones. So it was, it, it, it was really good to be back in this like OT, you know, slightly past OT kind of space with these characters that we know. Right. Yep. I, um, I think that's a good point about Will is maybe like the only one who would, uh, be willing to hear Erica out right now at this he's point, you know, <laughs> oh, he, he's like the whole like 120 from Palancia, cool. Palancia or what, like the, wherever that home is what he calls it. But that's a whole, that's a really cool thing in general. But, um, I think, uh, Nath, I think he kind of is, he's definitely not where Chas and Kairos are. I think he's closer mm-hmm. to to Will's end too. He's a little older. He's been around the block. He's kind of been on both sides of things as well. He's a super super interesting character to me. His like kind of pirate situation with his broken down old jalopy Y wing, and <laughs> he like kind of does the right thing all the time, but for the wrong reasons. It's like a Han Solo type situation. I I really I'm really really into him. Uh, like, like I said, I keep trying to say like, uh, this is like, I really like this character, but I like so many of them. Um, and the other thing about the OT, I thought it was really crazy. I cannot believe, but it worked because they talked about Endor so many times throughout these books, Mm -hmm. but they just kind of snuck in that will mentioned like, oh yeah. And on Endor, while everybody was living it up with, the uh, doing a little yub nub, I, I, I caught Luke Skywalker burning Luke Skywalker. 
Darth Vader on <laughs> the planet. He, he just, there he was. <laughs> and yeah. I just watched him yeah. from the bushes or something. <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, Creeper. Will, what were you doing? <laughs> Will was like, that Luke Skywalker seems really cool. I'm going to follow him and see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. How dare yeah. he? Luke Skywalker is the original Star Wars Boy Scout. I know. He wrote <laughs> yes. well. He has no right. Yeah. No Will right. Will was like, I hear that you two are a sweet farm boy. Perhaps we can commiserate. <laughs> oh, wait. Why are you burning Darth Vader? Why are you burning someone in the woods? <laughs> the heck? Alone Every- and smiling about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Will was probably like, I don't know what I just witnessed, but I'm going to pretend I took hallucinogenics at this right, party right. and I did not see it. It's the next uh, wrong turn horror movie series. Is <laughs> Luke Skywalker Ewok burning rave. people in the woods? Right? Uh, but no, I was going to go off of what Josh said about the characters feeling like characters we know. Uh, I'm just so shocked by how easily I've come to accept the Alphabet Squadron characters versus how I still have a hard time remembering exactly which character is in the High Republic. And I can't, yeah. I can't pinpoint exactly what it is, but I think, and Kyle, you were kind of saying this too, and Josh, you were saying this too, I really think it's because you have these original trilogy anchor characters that help you, like, experience, you already know what Hera looks like, you know what these battles look like, you know what these ships look like, you know all of this stuff, so it's not as hard for you to fill in the blanks with new characters. You already have these little figments within your mind that already fit. So it's, it's so interesting because I read this so much quicker than the High Republic books. And I think the, I, I think, sorry, Justin, I think the, no, the fact that they are all tied to a different ship and we all know what that ship is and what it yeah. does and exactly what it looks like. I think that helps them differentiate who is who too, especially for me when I was first reading it, I'm like, oh my God, there's like all these different pilots, but it's like, well, Chas is the B wing and she's the one with the horns and the Mohawk and listens to the crazy music. And Nath has the Y wing and the crotchety droid. And it's like falling apart. And he, you know, like, so because you have these extra things that you do recognize that they're tied to, um, it kind of gives them, like you were saying, an anchor point to be like, this is a new person, but they're a part of a thing that I'm already very familiar with. Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of I don't want to say callbacks because they're not callbacks. There's a lot of mentions in the book about things that we are familiar with. So in in one of the chapters, Erica kind of describes the Tie Fighters basically saying they're not even really Imperial Tie Fighters anymore because they're patched together with black market weapons and pieces of other ships to make them still work uh she even mentions that they now have hyperspace they found hyperspace docking rings in an old clone wars supply cache that they retrofitted that they could get the tie fighters to basically have hyperspace travel i thought that was cool too they've mentioned the clone wars a few times because uh general grandma was around in the clone wars <laughs> and somebody was flying a V wing, uh, from the clone wars. Uh, they've, they've fit because, because it wasn't that yep. long ago, you know, right after, right after Endor, the fall of the empire, there certainly would have been people alive who were around for the clone wars 40 years yep. before or whatever. Yep. And we get a mention from, uh, Hera about uh, essentially, uh, Kanan in it mm-hmm. where she basically like her judgment call to uh i think she had a hard time seeing like what was going on a little bit further out 
And she said, no, swing in and attack that, you know, it's like one TIE fighter, like, Ooh, what is that? We can't see in the dark. And she said, no, go, go, go attack. And she basically said it was a, he would have called it. What did she say? He would have called it the guidance of the force. force. Um, But she basically says, you know, her, her, her husband and the father of her child. And, uh, so it was a nice little call out to that. And we, I love that it bridges from what we get in rebels and, and some of the OT stuff clear to what we get in, uh, in the sequel trilogy with Ray Sloan, because Ray Sloan, we, I think we forget that Ray Sloan is in this book quite a bit too. I don't know where she's at right now. Cause they haven't really alluded. They did mention her. They just they said her. that she's not, uh, in charge anymore. Yes. And, and that's why it's yeah. like, wait, what's happening right now? And and we know there's a lot of Imperial infighting going on with the, the moths and the different factions warring or jockeying for a position to, to basically be the next ruler. But Ray Sloan was certainly one of those people in a position to, to take up that mantle. And she's not in that position anymore, apparently. So, uh, but it, it's great because it bridges a really long time period. And uh, it's it's fun to listen to how they're kind of pulling all it's all really of the stuff that we know. I know, I know, um, but it's it's cool to see how they're like pulling in this this different era, I guess, all together. Versus to your point, Maggie, High Republic, which mm-hmm. is all new characters, all new vehicles, all new everything except for Yoda and Bacta. Which hey, don't forget new. lightsabers <laughs> and lightsabers <laughs> and lights and lightsabers. So, so even the back to lightsabers are a little different though. Yes. True. Yes. So I, you know, if, if there's so far, I've enjoyed this book. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are so far. Hopefully Love. me and Maggie and Josh, Loved you guys have finished it. it. So, so uh, I am, I'm through the first part. Kyle's through the first part so far. I've really, really enjoyed it. Uh, absolutely love it. And I have learned you never use a rum stack compressor in a Mercuni propulsion unit. Everybody I don't know knows if you guys that, knew Justin. that or not. I'm surprised you didn't know that. I just learned that for the first time uh, from this book. So I will never, ever use a rum stack compressor in a Mercuni propulsion unit. It'd be crazy. It's to do just, that. yeah, I know it's crazy. So, um, overall though, awesome book, uh, so far we're going to follow up with the next section i think we're breaking this out into like three sections yep roughly yes. i think if, if we get ambitious and kyle goes you know what i'm just plowing through then we maybe we'll do two and three in the next one so well i just uh, read like we'll 950 see. pages in the last five days so i can probably <laughs> knock out the end of this book by next week you loved every second of it i don't want to hear anything different i i wouldn't have finished if i didn't like it you know i would have skipped straight That's to the true. third book and caught up so uh they were great yeah, they, yeah. i really did enjoy them and I will say, if you have not read them, the I, the first one's out on paperback, but the second one I got on Amazon, a nice hardback copy for like 20 bucks. So um, def- yeah. definitely worth a pickup or, or, or your local, local library if you want. But the paperback doesn't come out till like this summer, I think, or maybe even later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think... Um Who's your uh, overall? Who's your favorite? Let's go through Kyle. Who's your favorite character? So it's far? hard to pick. I want to say that like my, f- my favorite character is probably Chas, but my character that I'm the most interested in finding out more about is Kairos. Hmm. 
Maggie, what about you? Erica Quell. Uh, I like Erica, Erica so much that I, I named a character that's essentially a, a god and something I'm working on right now, Erica, after her. So. Erica with a Y? Yeah, Erica with a Y. Which is, I'm glad Justin said that right at the at the top because I I read the books like the printed books, uh, so I yes. thought that it was Erica, but I was like, or are they saying that like funny because it's spelled with to a Y? To be perfectly honest, e. I say Erica just because I that's how I read it last year and it stuck. But I think the general consensus must like Martian Row is that it's Erica. <laughs> So it's it's a little it's like in between the two it's Erica, Erica like iridescent. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, okay, yes. yeah, yeah. At least that's how they've been doing it in the audiobook. Yep. And I think, however, they so. pronounce it in the book is generally the way. Usually, mm, usually, that's I think interesting they're that you say that <laughs> a little off on Nihil, and obviously, you know, at at. Well, but. and that's where that's where I think they were saying Martian <laughs> Row in the audiobooks, mm-hmm. but then when you watch the High Republic release special, they kept saying Markion. And then StarWars.com did Martian in their video for him. Yeah, I don't I Also don't, Alexander, I, don't I like don't quote me on this. I think it was Alexander that talked about Erica in a, a podcast that I listened to and he said Erica and I was just like I'm so confused (laughs) well there is also the thing where it's kind of established that people pronounce things just like slightly different due to their like yeah (laughs) that's how what I used to think that was but now they made it kind (laughs) of like well that's just him messing with Han but hey an old buddy old pal I think the the new uh, reference for that is Twi'lek and Twi'lek because you Mm -hmm. hear both in the in the movies Well, one name that you can't mess up is Buryaga Agaburi. That one's pretty straightforward. Only, so. one to say Bur- only one way to say Buryaga. Josh, <laughs> Josh, who's your fa- favorite character so far in the series? I actually also like uh, Erica the best. Because um, it's it's like the literally the best of both worlds. You can, you can kind of like her because she's a cool Imperial pilot and the, that villain piece, but then also you don't have to feel too bad about it because she's actually on the other side too. So, and there's just yeah. so much like emotional depth and like trauma. There's just like so she has so many layers. She's like an onion, you know. It's like an onion. Donkey. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, she's she's my favorite. Okay. Although I will say I I do I'm very curious about the walking question mark that is Kairos for sure. I will say with like you were talking about, she's played both sides and done the type pilot thing and the X-Wing pilot thing. I thought it was really interesting how they, her internal monologue kept going over um, the differences, which is like, if you're a huge nerd, like we are, you're like aware of these things. And um, I think if you played uh, the video game they kind of did it in there too, but you know, X-Wings have shields and hyperdrives and, uh, tie fighters are a little faster and you know there's they sound different and then you got the you got the astromech droid and the x-wing and like just like all these different things that she kept going into the differences between these different ships um i thought was really really interesting Mm -hmm. like for my technical side of my nerd brain to to think about that plus they they went into great detail about their reaction inside of the cockpit dirt while they're doing these maneuvers and being thrown around and all these things. And they, they mentioned multiple times how, when you snap out of hyperspace, it makes that, that clapping sound that we've heard in all the shows. Mm-hmm. And also 
they mentioned how it slams them into their harness, which I thought was funny because in all the movies, whenever you pop out of hyperspace, everybody's just chilling like, like you're sitting at a stoplight. But in real life, if you went from moving at, you know, multiples of the speed of light to cruising speed in an instant, you'd probably get thrown forward against your seatbelt a little bit. So I'm or, or right. back, I guess, uh, but I appreciated that they did that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think my favorite probably is, I mean, I like Erica a lot, but will, will Lark actually, I think his character development from the first book until now has been drastically different mm-hmm. because when you look at him in the first book, he was very quiet. He was, um, not a very good pilot at the time. I mean, he was good, but he wasn't great, but he was very quiet. Just kind of listened to the others, but where he's at now, which is essentially him commanding, uh, and in charge of alphabet squadron. That's a lot of squad leader. Yeah. He's squad leader now. And, and they trust him and they rely on him to kind of keep everything together. The scene where Will's in, what is he in the, um, hydroponics he was in like the hydroponics uh area and i think it was chas mm-hmm. maybe walked yep. in on him and they have they this beautiful conversation good, good. <laughs> yeah they <laughs> you know they she was like oops and then like tried to leave yeah. and then he didn't say anything and then she was finally like all right well i guess i'll go in and talk now and then just kind of went in and they have a really good conversation and and that's where she told um, that's where he told her about uh walking up on luke skywalker burning a body yeah <laughs> Yeah. And then they, she was like, holy crap, that's crazy. And then they went on to talk about other inconsequential things, you know, just as like friends. And then she left and she was gone. So uh, I I think his character development, though, from the first book until now has been really, really different. Uh, Mm -hmm. Same thing with even Soren Keys. I think the beginning he was very much you got to do things by the book there's no laughter we do this we do that but then in the second book he's when their squadron is essentially broken and they're trying to rebuild the 204th he's having to get to know new names of people and learn about them and and to make them feel like he they want to be part of the 204th and that's what he does and he seems a lot more open and approachable, which is why Erica now I think sees a very different Soren Keys than what she saw back then. Still very able to talk to him and open and and can trust him with what she says, but it, he's more personable now I think than what he was in the first book. So I see a lot of growth there as well. Well, they're, and they're also at such a pivotal time in galactic history that pretty much everyone has to change because just the situation of the galaxy has changed so drastically. You know, if, if you're, if you were an Imperial officer and you're trying to operate exactly the same as you were prior to the battle of Endor, it's just not Mm -hmm. going to work because things are, are totally different. And you get some of that, um, on, on the side of the new Republic too, is, you know, now they want quote won this war, even though it's still, they're still fighting battles a year later, but, uh, running a galactic government is different than mm-hmm. fighting or, you know, being part of a rebellion against the government. Um, and, and I think it's really interesting to see how all these people, especially the people who are in a position of power have to change with 
the world that's changing around them. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Maggie. This is not at all profound as what Kyle was just saying, but I'm I'm very <laughs> fond of my fan cast that I have for why uh for Will Lark. Um I picture Oded Fear from when he was like a little bit younger, like just before the mummy movies. So like uh, yeah. early two thousands, Oded Fear is who I picture for for Will and I have not been able to unsee it. I think it's just because the cover <laughs> art reminded me so much of him. Mm-hmm. That's funny so because sorry. in my head, I think he's like Tom Holland would be like, oh you know, just yeah, like, too. <laughs> like he's a little too young for the job. He's like too innocent, but he means so well. He just doesn't want anybody to get hurt. Like, <laughs> so yeah, is when this... the cover art came out, I was like, who is that supposed to be? And I heard it, I've heard it was Will Lark. And I was like, he looks too much like a man. Yeah, I Will Lark in my head is a boy. Yeah, that's With, Will on the cover, Kyle. I, I, and I could only, yeah. I only knew that because the A wing is at the bottom, flying up to it, like he's with the A wing. So that's how I made the connection. But I looked at it and I was like, oh, I thought Nath would be like a little bit bigger than that because they always described him being like bulky. I thought that was Nath Tensit, but then I'm like, oh, that's Will. <laughs> that no, Will's yeah. just a, he's yeah. just a young fellow. And it's like, that like he's just it's wet not behind a gray the ears. streak, but it's like the way that his hair is painted, it almost yeah. Like a gray the the shading looks like See, he's I, like salt and pepper, doesn't it? But I think that's the light. Looks, but. It, the cover art kind of to me kind of looks like a Ryan Gosling, a little bit like a Ryan Gosling with like, a beard. Yeah, that's not how I pictured Will at all. Just flying on the back of these giant birds on Palanthus. That's not what he looks like in yeah. my brain. Not not that there's anything yeah. wrong with this person that this artwork is based on. I like on, the cover but, art. Yeah. Uh, no. I, I think the books all look really nice together, actually. But that's yeah. not what I pictured Will looking I'll like. Have to, I'll have to send you all the <laughs> the picture that I posted on Twitter when I was like, this is who I'm picturing. On the other hand, Chas like, on the cover of the second one looks so cool. She looks awesome. Yeah. With her yeah. like teal mohawk or whatever. She looks awesome. That is a that's a good question uh, for everybody. Who would you cast as Will Lark? Who would you put in the Will Lark role if uh, it was a live action Alphabet Squadron? I'm offering it to Tom um, Holland right now. He's, yeah, I mean, Will Lark that was pretty much <gasps> spot on. Yeah, I think if it's book one, I think that's Tom Holland. But I think if it's book three, in the, the oh, he's going to grow there, up during I'm, the trilogy. That could I'm, be. I'm going to go Ryan. I'm going Ryan. Gunn's even even though the all choice. three books take place in the course of like four months or <laughs> <I> something. <know. laughs> I know. Hey, war is hard. It, it is. It really aged. <laughs> it ages you fast, apparently. Um, what else? Uh, any other final thoughts? Uh, what do you guys have? Any other impressions so far of section one? Josh, go ahead. I came across something that I felt really stupid for not realizing, but that um, I think I read it like so quickly and so long ago that that TIE Fighter comic, like it was a five shot, is about shadowing. And I yes. and I want to go back, and I think maybe we all should, unless you guys remember it really well. But like, and read it now, knowing what the story like turns into, because I I feel like we all were kind of like medium at best on it, and um, maybe we would like it more if we had the context. Well, I have read the first issue, and I have the fifth issue, but I do not have two, three, and four. It's not the best so way to do it. I have not read the fifth one because I couldn't get two, three, and four. So it's literally sitting right next to me over here uh, with my other comics waiting to be read. But the first one was okay. I didn't mind the first one. It's, it's. I mean, it's not... The first issue was kind of plain Jane. There wasn't a lot going on there, but... Um, 
hopefully two through five gives me more development. <laughs> Go ahead, Kyle. Well, while we're talking about things we probably should have realized before we did, I it took me an embarrassingly long amount of time to realize why. Like, obviously, Alphabet Squadron is the the title of the book, and I will say. I figured it out before they explained it in the book, but it took me a long time into that first book before I was like, oh, it's an A wing, a B wing, a U wing, <laughs> and an X wing, and a Y wing. It's all the it's the <laughs> alphabet. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I felt I felt oh, dumb. Kyle. Yeah. But which you know, which is I got I, there. I think that's a very <laughs> appropriate i think that's a very appropriate picture for both sides both the rebels and uh the imperials that you're not seeing these massive squad well i mean tie fighters still are crazy abundant but you're not seeing these massive squadrons of y wings that you would see in the clone wars or the massive squadrons of x wings that you saw uh in a new hope you're seeing basically what anybody has left that can fly put together to try to make something that can accomplish a mission, uh, which is, it's, you know, it's interesting. I love it. Yeah. In the end of the second book, they even fitted land speeders with surface to air, uh, armaments, I guess, uh, to try and battle the tie fighters. Cause they didn't even have enough ships. <laughs> is that when they were moving the, the like mining things? Yeah. They were trying to get from speeders? the underground tunnels to the big, um, mining facility where the the freighter was taken yeah. off yeah yep so all in all good read the chapters are long uh they really much are longer than than high republic so i mean if you pick one up and you're in the audiobook it's a good 20 to 30 minutes for every chapter so plan on that if you're reading it there is great detail in each chapter which is awesome you get so much backstory on these characters so much development and introspection on how they're feeling amongst each other that it's it's worth the read and worth the content so um but i think that covers oh and it's a great cat and mouse game like if you love those like cat and mouse stories of espionage and spy game stuff and James Bond type stuff. This is very much oh, yeah. along those lines. There's so, there's so much uh, going on in these, but there's even religious cults. Yeah. There's so much going on. Yes. <laughs> yep. Forgot about Out, that. There's outlawed rock music, cult. religious cults. There, there's like everything happening. Yeah. I think that was Prison one of the camps. best things about the, was it the second, the first book and the second book was we got, um, Chas's music. And and in the audio book, they would play oh, yeah? music while cool. they were reading over top of it. And it was all a little bit different. And and all of these chapters, at least in the first part, were songs. I don't know. Did you guys catch that? Song titles? Yeah. So like, yeah, they're oh, yeah. all like song titles. Oh, I didn't um, know. Algorithmic that. Etudes of Vardis, mm-hmm. the Royal Anthem of Alderaan, Glory of the Empire, the Imperial March. Uh, what do we have? Shadow Vans. Oh, that's There's a, great a song one. somewhere um, too. I can't remember if it's in part one or part two, but somebody has a song. Kudavirian Fall, which is a ballad mm, by an one. unknown province. <laughs> it's a classic. Is that your favorite, Kyle? Uh, Do you have that yeah. one on replay? Oh, yeah. Silt C. Thranodi. Um, Necron, which is a Necronus burial song. That one's my favorite. It's very hokey. You would. It's very so hokey. emo. <laughs> And then the first one is the naval hymns of the old republic. I like a hymn. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they're all they're all songs. And I think in chapter nine, we get into something different because chapter nine actually starts a moral prioritization of objectives. That's the second section of the not, book. So they switched it up. Not a song. Well, while we're talking music, <laughs> I'm going to call Josh out real quick. Um, Uh-oh. Some John Williams one percenter you are that doesn't even follow him on Instagram. Oh, man, it's a shame. Oh. It's a shame. When I just discovered this week that John Williams had an Instagram and followed him, I was <laughs> shocked and dismayed to find that our Gosh, resident John Williams one percenter did not follow him. I don't know why you don't support him. Gosh, you should support Josh. him more on Instagram. <laughs> Sir, I didn't. The, how old is he? Eighty nine. Yeah, I didn't know either. I just, I just realized he didn't have an Instagram. It could be run by his granddaughter or something. I right, don't know. Right. Or his son, who's in the band Toto. Oh, there you go. Too. Yeah. Um. All right. Any other final final thoughts? Conclusions. Part one of Alphabet Squadron: Victory's Price. Before we blow this thing, and get out of here. No, no, I like it. You should all read right. it. Let's let's do it. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. All right. Well, that is our coverage of part one, Alphabet Squadron, Victory's Price. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, If you're on social media, please check us out. We are Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at SW Friends Show. You can email us at show at StarWarsFriends.com. My name is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at IamTheBendu. Where can they find you guys at? Kyle, how dare you? This is the John Williams official Instagram of the John Williams Fan Network, and it's not verified. So don't even don't try to call me out. This is Josh. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at BattleOfTanab, where I am one percenter right this. there. I'm 1%. actually a half percenter. I went up Ooh. this year. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, this is Kyle, and I am KB underscore Legend on Twitter and Instagram. And I don't care if it's John Williams Fan Network. You're still not following it, and it has. 36,000 other people that like John Williams more than you, apparently. (laughs) And this is uh, Maggie, who you can follow on Twitter at Maggie of the Town. And, I mean, Kyle, if 36,000 people jumped off a cliff, would you follow them just to get to John Williams? Yes. If John Williams was at the bottom, I probably would. What a ridiculous question. (laughs) I appreciate (laughs) the effort, Yes, you would. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we are going to wrap it up here. We're going to end it in classic fashion, and we're going to let you know never use Rumstack compressors in a Mercuni, Mercuni propulsion unit. And as always, may the force be with you. Chasna Chadic. Always? Question mark? <laughs> Take care, guys. <laughs>